I believe the word you're looking for is... What's murdering my firstborn sons of Gotham? Welcome to Geek Salad episode 216, <clears throat> Doom Toots as he pleases. I'm Andy. Doom! I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. And uh, we are here today to talk about the very worst people in the history of, um, of comic book movies. Uh, we are ranking <laughs> the 20 uh, greatest comic book movie villains and i am really excited about that but before we begin uh joe catherine mike i got a question for you do you like real estate i like owning real estate you like owning real estate okay how do you feel about (laughs) driving up the price of real estate by knocking the entire state of california into the ocean (laughs) i mean that's a good business right there that's a that is a flawless plan how do you plan how much, do it? What, what is the given, mechanism that you're going to accomplish this? Besides, well, given how much uh, it catches on fire these days, we're probably better off. Right, exactly. But you know who won't knock California into the uh, the ocean? I'm kidding. <laughs> we don't have sponsors. <laughs> uh, is it Colossus from the X-Men? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's, so, it's, yeah. definitely, it's, definitely, it's definitely not the bisexual Superman. <laughs> oh, God. So... I want to, I want to preface this list. First of all, I want to thank everybody who um, helped us with this list. You will be hearing a few comments that were written to me by a few people on our, um, on our list, but a few people who helped us, gave us some, um, some, some names that we had to add to our tally here using the foolproof quote unquote uh, geek salad way of, of measuring votes. Hey, Andy. Um, yeah. <laughs> I sent you those emails in utter confidence. It, you did. You did. And now they're out here for the internet oh. to see. Now it's, yeah, it's out in the ether. You can't yes. take it back. Yes, exactly. Because we're calling you from the ether. <laughs> so we do want to thank the people who took the time to vote. Uh, that will be our good friends, um, Kurt Smith, John Saul, uh, Chris from uh, Chris's Cultural Corner. Uh, we've also got on Twitter, we've got uh, Pixie who hosts the show uh, Next on Stage 1, which is at uh, uh, Next on Stage 1 on Twitter. Good friend of the show, Dave McClain. Uh, we also got, uh, rec- we got some votes here from Geek Peak at uh, Geek Peak Pod. Uh, Hops Geek News at, uh, at Ho- Geeks, Ho- Geek Hops. Yeah, because I, I was prepared for this. And Jake Owens at That Jake Owens. So thank you guys for uh, assisting us, and I'm really looking forward to, to counting these down. Now, there were a few things that I noticed here, and follow my logic on this, guys. Okay, so first of all, I did put this out to Twitter, and I am amazed that the Snyder Boys 
didn't put Superman on this list because we all know that Zack Snyder just wants to turn Superman evil. He's the greatest <laughs> monster of them all, right? Of course. Uh, don't get me started. Yeah. yeah. I also want to. I also want to point out too that nobody put the Joaquin Phoenix Joker in here, which. There's a number of ways that you can interpret this, um, but the way I'm going to interpret it is that people didn't see him as a villain, um, which is like that meme. You guys have seen the meme, right? The, oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You, you know, you're missing the point if you, if you uh, consider these guys hero meme. Yep. So, and a lot of people consider him a hero. Oh, my God. So this week – it was last week. Okay, so last week – Bob Chipman re- reposted that meme, and somebody responded back to him saying, "I agree with everything on this list, but Joaquin Phoenix's Joker—he he's—he is an actual hero." And most of the people on this list were, were saying, "No, he's not. He belongs on this list." And his this guy's only response, instead of showing his work, was, <laughs> "Oh, but he doesn't belong on this list." Now, I want to point out. I would have normally ignored this discourse, but this was the day that Facebook went down. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. No, no, no. So this is what I had. No wonder I was so productive at work. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you guys ready to, to count this down? There are some surprises on this list. There really genuinely are. Yeah. Catherine, Joe, any surprises here? Not that we're going to name them yet, because I have to. We're going to roll through them. <laughs> uh. Um, a couple. Yeah, this is not surprises in the sense of that they're on the list, just where their rankings are. Yeah, yeah, and it is. It is very weird because in a few, you'll see what we mean. And so and, let's. And, yep. and before we 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 uh, you know uh, start off, I, I have to say that. I, I kind of maybe I made this more difficult for myself than I needed it to be, simply because the MCU is so prolific that yeah. when I put my I put my list when I put my list together, I'm like tr- I was trying to avoid just automatically going into the MCU, and 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 and, and I think we're going to discuss this a little bit more because one of the one of the uh, criticisms that's levied against the MCU movies is the strength of their villains or the, or the antagonists. Yeah, mm. you know, so it's like, OK, with that in mind, I'm like, well, OK, I, there really were only what I felt were only a f- few really strong villains slash antagonists in the MCU. So and that was, like I said, that was reflected in my list. But yeah, I, I, I will, will discuss that probably a little further. Right. But I will put a counterpoint on there, Joe. And this is a spoiler. This is a heavy spoiler, because, by the way, folks, this is a two part episode. Um. There were no villains from the DCEU in this list. Oh, God, no. No, 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 no. You want to say Marvel has a villain problem? <laughs> Let me introduce you to Ares. <laughs> or Steppenwolf. Oh, God. Or whoever, Ocean Master. Ocean Master sounds like the kind of, like, automated robot Roomba pool cleaner than an actual villain. <laughs> Hey, I think we got a money sign. Money sign there. Hey, you know what? Yes, uh, the Geek Salad branded Ocean Master, and we'll even put Patrick Wilson's stupid-looking face on that too. That poor bastard. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's hit this up with number twenty. One of the big surprises for me, yeah, um, 
Ronan the Accuser, played by Lee Pace in Guardians of the Galaxy. You call me boy! I will unfurl 1,000 years of Kree justice on Xandar and burn it to its core! Then Thanos, I'm coming for you. Also in uh, Captain Marvel. That's right. He is in Captain Marvel, but I don't feel like he was he was wasn't much of anything Captain Marvel other than as a um, reminder. He was just kind of there. There was a reminder yeah. that he was there, but neither he wasn't a villain nor was he an antagonist. Because we no. did ask for antagonists as well as villains on this list. True, but yeah. So, well, the thing is that. He's he's quite entertaining because he's just over the top. And, of course, you know, the gag reel with the dance-off just kicks my ass every time. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it, 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 but it, one thing that uh, that the problem – well, I don't want to say there was a problem with Ronan, but I think in the, in the grand scheme of things with the MCU – he later, oh, he got, later got over, wicked overshadowed by Thanos. Right. Yeah. You know? And Thanos was always when when you know when we knew that Thanos was kind of be the big bad of the, the that phase of the MCU. It's like okay, you knew everything is like was working towards Thanos, and Ronan kind of became just a stepping stone along the way. Right. Uh, and put a pin in that, Joe, because interestingly enough, we'll be talking about that later. Oh, I'm sure um, we will. But. I feel like Ronan, the, the thing with Ronan that kind of makes him a key villain, especially in a, a, a lighthearted movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, is the fact that he is willing to commit genocide. Just straight up, just going to commit genocide with, the, with his you know, hammer of, 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 of accusatory justice. Yeah. And, uh, and um, what stone was that? Was that the, the space stone? That was the power stone. That power was power, stone, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I can never remember. I can't keep them all straight. I know the time stone. That's about it. And the soul stone. But yeah, yeah I think that I, I, I liked I liked what Lee Pace brought to the role. Constantly mm-hmm. reminding, having to remind myself that he is actually an American. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. Well, the first I would... time I saw Lee Pace was on Wonderfalls. Oh, okay. Ooh. First and, time he, I remember, he, and he did. I, mean, he... I would have seen him on Wonderfalls because I did watch that show. But first time I remember seeing him. Was um, Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, yeah. yeah. And he, he, he I, I will give uh, Ronan. He did have his moments, especially where, he, where, um, when Drax, when he's just beating the crap out of Drax, and he just looks at him. He's like, "I have no idea who your family was." You know, yeah. Just, to, to Ronan, it was just another, you know, another body count. Yep. It's it's some straight up. You know, to you, it was the biggest day in your life. For me, it was Tuesday. Basically, yeah, yeah. It's like one of those things. It's like that that Batman Beyond meme. It's like you know, you know, you you killed my family. It's like okay, do you know how little that narrows it down? Yeah. <laughs> and again, when you go to Thanos, that you you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. Yep. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a good uh, good counterpoint. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like the pick. Um, also, too, I liked his look because it really it was a good. Um, it was a really good kind of interpretation, interpretation of, comic of the book. comic. Yes, thank yeah. you, thank you. Yes, 
Um, and also, also the fact that he like he played it so straight. Like, oh, yeah. there'd be so many people that could not pull off that that costume and that makeup, and you would just be laughing every time they were on screen. And sometimes somehow he pulls it off, and it's amazing. He, he does, especially when he's about to literally drop the hammer <laughs> on Xandar. And he's got that look in his face. And again, it could have come across as being ridiculous, but I think he really pulled it off. Yeah. All right. Let's move to number 19. Um, following more in the antagonist role than as a straight-up villain, um, Jeff Goldblum's Grandmaster from Thor Ragnarok. What have you brought today? Tell me. A contender. What? I need to go closer. I want to get a closer look at this. Can you take us closer? Thank you. Hey, this lady. Just wait a damn minute. I'm not for sale. Man, he's a... He's a fighter. I take 10 million. Tell her she's dreaming. Oh, for heaven's sakes. Transfer the units. We'll pay for this. No, I got paid for this. Here's what I want to know. Who are you? I am the god of thunder! I didn't hear any thunder, but out of your fingers, was that like sparkles? We've located your cousin. Uh, oh, good. Yeah, come on. Oh, he was... He was was inspired casting. He was gold-blooming all over the place. He was, but it was perfect. It it just, it fit perfectly. He was... You know, the interesting thing about this was, is that one of the first comic series I ever read was the Contest of Champions. And um, the Grandmaster, who was also called the Game Master, was one of the major, like, he, he was the one who called them, called the heroes to play this game against the Unknown, who turned out to be the physical embodiment of death, who Thanos was in love with. Again, we, we haven't broached that in the MCU yet, but, um, <laughs> but Grandmaster is such, I mean, he's so much fun. But he is—he's—he's a, he's a stone in everybody's shoe in this entire movie. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 he never made my list mainly because I don't really see him as either an antagonist or a villain. He's just kind of there to be Jeff Goldblum. He—he <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he kind of like if we ever considered arcade villain level. He, he he gives me serious arcade vibes. Hmm, I can I can see that, especially yeah. with you know the fact that you know, at that point they hadn't really procured the uh, you know the rights to Fox yet or any of the Fox movie properties. Right, he's he's arcade, but a little bit more garish. Yeah, he's yeah. like arcade and mojo. Oh, that's a good call. Oh yeah, that's a really good call. And I love, too, the way that the interpretation is that essentially he just wants to be a DJ. He just wants yeah. to, you know, <laughs> he, he just wants to be an entertainer. Um, but when he is villainous, there's that great scene where right after we first meet him, he, you know, he, uh, 
He's got the melting stick. <laughs> yep. And he, he melts that guy. And then his first game, his only concern after that is like, oh, oh, no, oh, it's getting on my robes. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, like, he's like the dictator that wants to be loved by everybody. Yes. And it's like, it's like, no, no, we don't, no, don't say that word. Don't, you know, don't, no, no, what, slave? No, 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 don't say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, he is, he is fantastic in this. And it, it, it's, he's, the nice thing is also is he, he's a antagonist that you, you, you can't hate. You cannot hate him. Even at the end, during the, like the, the end credit sequence where he just kind of pops out and everybody's ready to riot on him. Yep. And he's just like he still thinks his charm is going to work. I think that's fantastic, and that's a great way. That's a great way to describe him, Joe. That he is—he's kind of like that. He wants to be a beloved dictator. It'd be fun. I mean, it, he'd be great. It'd be great if they brought him back for like Thor: Love and Thunder or Guardians of Galaxy Three. I don't doubt that he's going to come back at some point. I truly mm. don't. No, well, I mean, no, I don't doubt that. I, I'm just always kind of curious whether or not they're going to have him and Benicio del Toro have a scene together. And actually, do that comic book uh, relationship. I think that would be great. I think that would be fantastic. Well, do we know? Do we know that the the collector is actually alive? That's true. We don't know that because we didn't. We don't know if if Thanos killed him pre snap. Right. Well, right. Technically speaking, I think the collector from a different reality would be around. Possibly. Oh. Okay. Well, we haven't really gotten that far yet into the whole multiverse in the live actions yet, so but I'm sure we'll we'll hit that at some point, right? Yep. In the next year or so, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, you guys ready to move on to the next one? Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, this was a big surprise at how low this came out. Uh, Not for me. Jack Nicholson as the Joker in nineteen in Batman nineteen eighty nine, which by the way should be its official title. New and improved Joker products with a new secret ingredient. Smiley. What is this? Now let's go over to our blind taste test. Love that Joker. Where's it coming from? I don't know. Uh oh. He don't look happy. He's been using Brand X. But with new Joker brand, I get a grin again and again. That luscious tan, those ruby lips, and hair color so natural. Only your undertaker knows for sure. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Where can I get these fine new items? Well, that's the gang. Chances are you bought them already. <laughs> Love and So remember, put on a happy face. I'm actually not surprised that it's this slow because I think as beloved as Batman 1989 is, we, we don't joke. I mean, we don't fool ourselves into thinking that Jack Nicholson gave a tour de force performance. You know, like you always say, love to say, Andy, he can was just, he, he was, can't. he can't act. 
He can't you, act. Well, that, that, just no, no, Jack Nicholson every well, single the, time. But that's the thing. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Is like, given how much, even though the nostalgia and the love behind Batman 1989, none of us is fooling ourselves into believing that Jack Nicholson gave a great performance. He's Jack Nicholson in clown makeup. Yeah, mm. you know, he's, and he's, and a lot of us realize, understand, realize and understand that, and that's why it's not higher on this list. I said that. That that very thing to Andy earlier today is like, no, it, it wasn't the Joker. It was Jack Nicholson in clown makeup. I mean, right? Yeah. And I mean, he it was. We enjoyed seeing him, but it wasn't yet the Joker. I I think too it suffers from, and I know a lot of people who think that Jack Nicholson's Joker is the best Joker. We'll be getting to that in just a second, Billy Mac. Um, but the thing with, with the, the I think. A lot of it might have to do with timing. Uh, there have been better Jokers that came yes. after Jack. There's also been better Batman movies that came out. And, you know, the proof will be throughout this this show, there are several villains that are, are better. With it, just within the, this own universe, this own four-film universe. Mm. But I do, you know, it's... It's fun. It's entertaining. I don't doubt that, at, in, in, you know, putting yourself in the shoes of 1989, I mean, Jack Nicholson was a big part of that. I mean, half the idiots in, our, in my senior class put, wait till they get a load of me, as their, their, their parting quote in the yearbook. So. Or, or no, or, uh, <laughs> have you ever danced with the devil by the devil pale the moonlight? Pale moonlight. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but I do know people that, 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 that consider this to be the best live action joker i mean i i I thought he was a lot i thought uh that the jack nicholson's joker was better than he actually was until andy and i went back and rewatched it what last year oh god we rewatched that like three or four years ago we started doing the retro movie reviews it was our first retro movie review was it it was besides Um, the the mcu stuff that we did but um, yeah but yeah i mean just going back to rewatch it there it's like Really, this movie—the only thing this movie really has going for it—is nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it, it's a fine Batman movie, but people remember it being a lot better than it actually is. Yeah, Just they do. You wait. Just you I've wait, been, guys. I've been saying that on this show for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so do we want to move on to number seventeen? Yeah. Sure. All right. So. Seems- n- Number 17, also a Joker, but this time it's Mark Hamill in Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Tisk tisk. And to think our tax money goes to pay those jerks. You! That's right, hearty. Bring in the press, why don't you? What a photo op. The councilman and his wacky pal. You're no friend of mine. Oh, Artie, I'm crushed. How the high and mighty forget. Don't you remember you, me, Sally, and the gang? What are you talking about? I never met them or you. I worked for Beaumont. I didn't know what he was doing. Oh, but you knew about it afterwards and put it to good use, eh? (laughs) What do you want? To find out who's iced the old gang. 
Haven't you read the papers? It's Batman! <laughs> Wrong! It ain't the bat. Nope, nope, nope. I've seen the guy. He looks more like the ghost of Christmas future. Nowhere near as cute as Bat Boy. You're saying it's someone else? Yeah. Someone who wouldn't mind seeing our old pals out of the way. <gasps> Maybe. Go. Sob. Me too. That's when I thought about you, Arturo. An important, upstanding guy like you could find it awkward if certain secrets were revealed about his past. Wait. You're not saying that I... Mr. Reeves, Miss Beaumont on the line. Beaumont? Not the babe. Oh, you Yes. Uh, Mark Mark Hamill as and, Joker and, is wonderful. Yeah, I mean this, this was I, this was because I put this uh, put him pretty high on my list, and I was like, okay, well, I got to figure out a way to put Mark Hamill's Joker as as a you know comic book villain. Then I remember, oh yeah, Mask of the Phantasm, he was in it. Right. Right, it's not like I didn't make so, prior to you know when I announced this episode, but so 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 really, this is it, it's not just this movie that it's it's not just Mask of Phantasm. It's Mark Ham Mark Hamill's oeuvre as the Joker in the entire Batman. Right. Absolutely, you know, you know the right. Batman series, the Arkham Asylum games. It's yeah, but just just keeping it on on the sights on this movie, he is so good, and he's just he's that great classic age just jokester and that's that's what i want to see i want to see that type of joker i don't it what's interesting is it's not like it's mark hamill's spin on the character i think he went in there with the script and just like i can okay i'm just gonna do it like i envisioned him in the comic books yeah yep. and not making that that spin and i love it i love the look of the character and the, i and, love and that he yeah. made it and he made it iconic mm, yeah. it's not yeah. it's not it's not just Mark Hamill doing the Joker. It it's the it becomes the definitive Joker is what it is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I didn't realize it was Mark Hamill until I found like I found out at one point. And it's like, oh okay. Well, in that case, we do need more episodes with the Joker because Mark Hamill needs more work. Yeah. But you know, and there's a reason. Like you know, Alan Tudyk's performance as the Joker is definitely inheriting and trying to carry on Mark Hamill's performance. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt that's inspired by Mark Hamill. Yeah, but yeah. you know, but you know it's 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 tough because you know, you, imagine you're a voice actor and you're being asked, you're asked, okay, I want, you're going to voice the Joker. And all you <laughs> got in your head is, okay, Mark Hamill. And it's like yep. you know, and 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 the, and the thing is and as good as Mark Hamill's performance I don't think it. You can't separate it either from Kevin Conroy's Batman. It's like the two are like married together. Like I can't. I couldn't imagine. I I, I could, really couldn't imagine Mark Hamill doing a Joker voice without Kevin Conroy as his counterpart. I can see that. I can. I Joe. I can absolutely see that. I think that's a fantastic point. He's still one of my best. My favorite Batman's too. Yeah. Oh God, for a lot of people, he's yeah. Again, again, the, the, again, this was this was, you know, by bringing up Mask of the Phantom, this is kind of trying to bring up just how <laughs> great a series the Batman uh, animated series mm. is. It it is right. yes, but it, and this was it wasn't exactly a cheat because I I really wanted to talk about villains and you can't 
you can't have this conversation without talking about Mark Hamill as the Joker. I, and that's just if you know if if we revisit this list and they make a Harley Quinn animated movie that is released in theaters. Yeah. You know, I take that. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Ready to move on to number 16? Yep. This was this one was a surprise to me. I really? was genuinely yeah. surprised. Yes. Surprise surprised that it's on the list or surprised that it's so low? A surprise it's this high on the list. I, I, I figured like I was I saw like a couple of votes where I'm like, oh that's interesting. And then it made the list. Uh, and that is Liev Schreiber as Kingpin in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. I can't wait to kill one more Spider-Man. What? Wilson. Is this what you want, man? What are you doing? Stay away from Vanessa. Vanessa. Richard. What are we doing here? I don't know, Richard. Vanessa, it's me. You know me. We're leaving now. Don't go. Stay with me. Please. Not stopping it. Not today. I am stopping this. Right now. Ah! This one made my list. This one made yeah, my made, list. Yeah, made, 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 made it pretty high on my list. Yeah. Uh, you know what? The thing is for me, I, I wasn't thinking about this because the only thing in my mind was Catherine Hahn as Octavia Octavius. <laughs> or, you know, oh, li, um, Liv. Oh, live, 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 and, yeah. and well, you know, it's it's as great a character as she was, and and well, I don't want to say it was, it was a twist. I mean, you kind of saw it saw it coming along, you know, from a, a long way away. For the most part, she plays the type she or the 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 stereotype of what Otto Octavius is, which mm-hmm. which is, I'll contrast very much late to you know one of my other picks later on. Yeah. Um, yep. But she very much plays to type. I mean, she's—I hate to say this, but she's really kind of a little bit one-dimensional, as opposed yeah. to Kingpin's character, yeah, which has so much depth, in, at least in the Spider Verse. Yes, right. he has depth in the Spider Verse, and he also—I thought he had—it's even more depth than he had in like the the Daredevil TV yes, series. Yeah, run. and 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 people love that portrayal. I love. Mm-hmm. I, I do too. I and that the thing is for me, the animated kingpin is only going to compare to D'Onofrio. Yeah, right. As the kingpin, that's just me. So, no, I don't, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you're. You, you, I don't think you're the only one. But yeah, again, you're not I, alone it, there. If, it was, if it was a situation where okay, Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin, or that the Daredevil actually made it into the MCU as a as a movie or something like that, or D'Onofrio's kingpin made it into a movie. Then yeah, uh, y- y- it'd be a good comparison to make, you know, a good like pros and cons comparison to make. But again, because I don't think we're counted TV series as in towards this. Mm. You know, I think the Kingpin, Liv Schreiber's Kingpin. I think I think it's a good it's a good choice. And like I said, he, yeah. bring, you know, when you look at his motivations and the depth that he brings into the character, he's yeah. not just oh, he's yeah. just not. A straight power hungry character. There's there's a lot of good motivations behind what he, no, I don't say good motivations. There's a lot a lot <laughs> of under, motivation behind what he's doing. You can, it's understandable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah it's one of those, it's one, 
he okay. wanted to tear apart like the universe just to get his wife and son back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. Well, the, you know, the, totally the best. Relatable. Yeah. Well, no, the best, the best villain. You know, the, the, the you know, the, there's a saying that the best villains are the ones whose motivations you can see, empathize in, in the, at, at some point. Yeah. It's like, okay, I understand where he's coming from. He's going all about it all the completely wrong way. Oh yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I know where he's I know why he's doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's going around it about it the only way he knows how because uh, that's, that's the world all he, he knows. lives in. Well that's all yeah. he knows that. That's the world he lives in is doing the wrong thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think mean, like, no, it's Yep, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. But yeah, I mean like you say so you take a look at like the Kingpin from the comic books. He's just kind of a one-dimensional crime boss. You know, he's a big guy, but you never really get too many layers to him. Right. And But it's really just like the, in the like the TV series and now the movie that you really see. Now, this guy can be a really deep character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really evil character, but a really deep one. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think that, yeah, that, it's a good pick. It's just, it wasn't my, on my list because I actually had Liv, Oct- uh, Liv Octavius on mine. Yeah. I, I thought about Liv, and I'm like, she just wasn't strong enough for me to, like, actually throw a vote. All right. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing against the, the portrayal of the character. I mean, she was a fun character, and, and, you know, like I said, it was, you know, the the conflict with her, you know, at the at the Institute, you know, was great. But it's just like, okay, she's just a female version of Doc Ock is basically what it is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. A, a, female, a female version of the worst stereotype of Doc Ock. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's well performed. It's it's doesn't make as much of a dent. Yeah, I. It, it's interesting too because you know I I had people throw Agatha Harkness you know to give throw Catherine Hahn that bone. Unfortunately, it doesn't qualify because it's a TV show. Yep, but she's got she's she'll be okay. She'll be fine. Yeah. Plus, you know, plus Liam Schreiber's Kingpin did kill Spider Man. That's true. He beat him with his bare hands. Nope. Wasn't expecting that at all. Nope. All right. Let's move on then to number 15, which is uh, James Spader as Ultron in Avengers Age of Ultron. I wasn't sure you'd wake up. I hoped you would. I wanted to show you. I don't have anyone else. I think a lot about meteors. The purity of them. Boom. The end. Start again. The world made clean for the new man to rebuild. I was meant to be new. I was meant to be beautiful. The world would have looked to the sky and seen hope seen mercy instead the look up in horror because of you you've wounded me i give you full marks for that but like the man said what doesn't kill you just makes me stronger do you feel like because of wandavision and because of what if Ultron's getting a second look now. Mm. Oh, the, the, the recent what if. <laughs> oh I, haven't, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't watched the, the recent last what two. if. Oh, you haven't watched the last two? Oh, no. no. But you, 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 make, you, you make a 
good point that yeah, especially because of WandaVision. I think Ultron really is getting a second look. Um you know, and, I think and it, and, it, and it's and it, it the pro- the problem with Ultron or it, it isn't the character itself. It's that he's he's in the he's in what's considered the weakest of the Avengers movies. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Which really isn't which isn't it's really not James a, Spader's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's not. No, James, no. Well, no. And the thing is, James Spader just again, it's one of those things where he knows what he's doing. He's enjoying the hell around himself, so he's gonna James Spader his way through this thing, and it works. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, like casting it, James Spader was only gonna be helpful for this movie. It's just the the rest of the movie was a little uneven. It it is. But what I liked about this version of Ultron versus what I'm used to, which is the comic book version of yeah. Ultron. There weren't these gigantic megalomaniacal like proclamations like Ultron would do. Primarily because mm. at this point they hadn't introduced Hank Pym into the MCU yet. Um, and that he was created by Tony Stark and, and, and Bruce Banner. Um, I, I like the fact, though, that there is there is some reasoning for it, and it's not just destroy all humans. No. It's like, yeah. he's doing what he's programmed to do, but he's doing it in, like, the most Star Trek of ways of doing it. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing is that, you know, like, comic book, you know, roar speeches just don't hold up on the screen very well. Yeah. Yeah, like, well, that's what... Something, something, James... something you enjoy reading on your pulp page just doesn't work on the big screen. Well, that's what that's yeah. why James Spader was the perfect casting for it because he the the way he carries himself and carries himself and the speech the way he can give a speech in mm. that kind of subtle kind of like snarky kind of like great a little grating kind of way works perfectly for Ultron as a as a movie character and especially not only as given a movie who created but, him yeah technically as the son of uh, Tony Stark yeah. Right. And, well, he's, and, he's the, uh, he is the embodiment of Tony's. Yeah, he's the embodiment of Tony Stark's uh, hubris. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Especially as played, as played. Yeah, as, as played by Robert Downey Jr. Too, it all works really well together. Oh, this movie's hilarious if you think of it like a sequel to Lesson Zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, I what I liked about James Spader's delivery too is this that this version of Ultron understands when he makes mistakes there's that thing with claw where he you know he melts claw's arm off and he's just like oh 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 i'm sorry oh geez that you're gonna be okay that's oh no you know it was just (laughs) that isn't something that you would see in the comic book that is not how ultron was programmed so i i really enjoy the version of ultron that we got in this movie well, I mean, he brought he brought a humanity to it that you wouldn't expect from an artificial being. Yes, exactly. But you would expect from Marvel, right? Because that that is that is what Marvel does, and that is why there are no DCEU villains here. <laughs> no, you gotta you gotta you gotta dig pretty deep. And speaking of digging deep, let's go to number fourteen. Actually, can I can I say one more thing about Latron? Yes, sir. Uh, another thing that I did really like about him is that you got the feeling that he actually did actually care about um, Wanda and Pietro. Yeah. Until yeah. They, they figured out his plan. Yes. 
yeah, I mean, when they figured it out, he was like trying to like reason like, no, 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 this is why I'm trying to, because he, he wanted them to be on his side, but he liked them. Yeah. No, I like that. That's a that's a great point. That's a really good point. All right, so let's move on then to number fourteen, uh, the Penguin, played by Danny DeVito in Batman Returns. Hard as it may seem, Max, you and I have something in common. We're both perceived as monsters. But somehow, you're a well-respected monster, and I am, to date, not. Frankly, I feel that's a bum rap. I'm a businessman. Tough, yes. Shrewd, okay. But that does not make me a monster. Don't embarrass yourself, Max. I know all about you. What you hide, I discover. What you put in your toilet, I place on my mantle. Get the picture. What is that supposed to hypnotize me? No, just give you a splitting headache. It's not working. Ah, you big baby. Just blanks. Would I go through all this trouble tonight just to kill you? No, Max. I have an entirely other purpose. Remember I was saying earlier about Jack Nicholson's Simon couldn't have been worse because there were better villains and better Batman movies coming down the pike? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like in the last year and a half, year, year and a half, Batman Returns might very well be regarded as the best live-action Batman movie. It's like Is it's it? gotten such a ground swell of support. Oh, we know, we know your feelings on Batman Returns, Mike. No, no, yeah. I, but I, 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 I genuinely, I'm, I'm not really on board with that statement i just, well, I, I just I feel like everyone is giving it like it's having its moment right now more so than like any of the nolan films have i mean now we're you know we're being asked hey take a second look at bat the dark knight rises hey take a second look at batman forever it's not that bad but uh, batman returns is like this movie that when it came out it had, you know, it had a huge opening weekend. It was only going to be compared to the first movie. They had the the issues with the McDonald's Happy Meal deal because, you know, because of the Penguin. Mm-hmm. I think what, people are coming fish? back to this movie and understanding that this movie really is emulating, at, especially at the time, what I think a Batman movie could have been. And quite honestly, this is the movie... You know, coincidentally through time, probably through nothing else, that ushered in Batman the Animated Series with that kind of mm-hmm. that, that real that bombastic look. look. Yes, exactly. Um, I think yeah, out of all four of the Burton Batman, or the Burton Batman movies, the first four Batman movies, which technically take place in the Alfred Goff universe, uh, or sorry, Michael Goff universe, uh, or the Pat Hingle universe, if you will, this is. This is the best looking out of them. It's got the be- I, quite honestly, I think the score is better than the original Batman score, even though most of it is the original Batman score. And I love what they did with the Penguin. I, I will, the hill I will die on about this movie is that to this day, I, I assert that in 1992, you wouldn't have been able to get away with 
the penguin, like a Burgess Meredith penguin, on the big <laughs> screen in 1992. Well, you know, you know, well, you know what it was is um, Batman Returns was the culmination of everything. The the, uh, the combination of the rejection of Batman 66 that started with the Dark Knight comic book or uh, the Dark mm. Knight uh, graphic novel. Yeah. And with this Penguin, it was, okay, we, you know, th- this, is, this is where we can start taking Batman's rogues gallery seriously. Yeah. You know, as, as, as a real threat, not these kind of jokey you know, funny, oh, ha, you know, they're not, you know, yeah, okay, the Penguin, you know, he's a, he's a guy who, you know, he's a short, fat guy who walks, runs around in a tux and a, uh, with a, with an umbrella. No, yeah. the Penguin is a psychopathic murderer with yeah. real deep abandonment issues. Yeah, and they, they wink at the Adam West without being a slave to it. Yeah. It's, yeah, and and in ways that you know, the first Batman, uh, the first Burton Batman movie wasn't. It's just like the perfect meld of Art Deco and goth, and and just brings it all together. And yeah, and and Danny DeVito is Penguin. So here's here's how good Danny DeVito is as Penguin. One of my coworkers was like, you know what we need? We you know he he constantly shares like Adam West memes. And he's like, we need a Batman movie with Danny DeVito as the Penguin. And we were all like, oh my are God. you kidding? Or are you just that young and sheltered? He's that young and sheltered. He had no idea. We're like, we have such things for you. <laughs> oh, I have so, oh, we have so many shows to say. <laughs> the Hellraiser. Happy Halloween, all, everyone. <laughs> we're all like, we're all like, is he making a joke or does he really not know? <laughs> I don't think he knows. He doesn't know. You tell him. (laughs) I mean, but the thing is, and I, I think, you know, you can still see the influence that Danny DeVito's Penguin still has in Batman. You know, in the Batman mythos, especially, especially if if you've ever played the Arkham games. Yeah. he, it, it, that the the penguin in the Arkham games is very much derived, or you you could draw a straight line from Danny DeVito's rendition of the penguin to what you see in the Arkham games. Yeah, I also I also love to you know Catherine mentioned about the subtle nods to the Burgess Meredith character. That introduction is fantastic when you finally get to see him and he's talking to Christopher Walken. And he actually does stuff like he he's asking about the tragic irony uh, or poetic justice. You tell me. Ah. And he does <laughs> like that penguin thing. Yep. And the you know you, know, you mentioned with the, with the with the the um the cigarette holder and the mm-hmm. top hat and these things. There's subtle nods that aren't a slave to the reference, which I I you know that was a great way of putting it. I think this is great. What. So let me ask you guys a question. Based on what you've seen, which isn't a lot, but what do you think about Colin Farrell's look as the Penguin in The Batman? I'm sorry, The Vengeance. Because, um, you know, what are you? I'm Vengeance. I I, I (laughs) haven't actually... I have to watch the trailer again. I don't think I caught that. He's in it... I've only seen a few shots. I think he looks like a Dick Tracy villain. He looks kind the of only a thing of, of 
Danny DeVito and Burgess Meredith. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean all, all I can see is is like, oh god, they cast the lousy Bullseye. <laughs> yep. Because he was Bullseye in Ben Affleck's Daredevil movie. Yes, he, he was. was. Yep. Notice but. he didn't make the list either. Oh, shocker <laughs> of shockers! I mean, like I said before, in a just world, Doom would be on this list, but we don't live in that world. So even <laughs> though we, you know, in, he's in our title. In a, because they they seem to be incapable of making a good Fantastic Four movie. You know, if you want a good Fantastic Four movie, you already have one. It's called The Incredibles. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I love Danny DeVito um, in this role. I show I show I mistakenly showed this one to my kids because my son was terrified of him. Oh no, no, they're too young. Yeah, out yep. there, you're dandy. The the interesting yep. thing is they haven't seen Batman '89 yet. I like went right to Returns. <laughs> Shocker! No, hey, you know it's when when they get me. old enough, you can you can see that uh, they'll they'll be able to see the humor in it. Yeah. So, all right, shall we move on then to number thirteen? Yep. All right, number thirteen. Wen Wu, uh, played by Tony Chu. In Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the most most recent um, entry on this list. For thousands of years, the Ten Rings gave our family legendary power. My son, now they call to you. I'm not who you think I am. In terms you of, mean of movie the release. Mandarin? The real Mandarin. The Mandarin <laughs> is, an or, is an orange dish. Orange dish. Everyone's <laughs> afraid of the orange. <laughs> oh, that was so perfect. That was I, wonderful. There were so many great things about Wen Wu in this um, movie. Yes. And he, he was played by Tony Leung. Tony Leung, Tony sorry. Leung. Yeah, yeah. Tony Chu. Oh, you know why? I, don't I, know I copied why. this off of, of IMDb. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, that's, <laughs> not, that's not the name I sent you. Shame on yeah, you for no, uh, believing IMDb. No, you sent me the real Mandarin, Catherine. Yeah, but I also gave you the actor's name. Okay, yeah. That's just and me I being definitely dumb, didn't then. say Chu. That <laughs> is just me being dumb. Um, but, yeah, I just, I love... I love characters with layers, and this character is just, like, starts off as one thing, and then completely shifts, and I love mm-hmm. that. I absolutely adore that about this character. Yeah, he has he has several turns where he's, like, he's this kind of, you know, he's doing this, and then he's doing that, and then he's doing this again, and then he does that again, and he does it so well. The performance is so good. It is so much better than all the face heel turns that freaking James Useless Franco does in Spider-Man 3. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, you know, he he like he starts out this way and he goes this way and that way. And he, he goes back and forth, but he does it so well and the story is written so well that you can believe it and follow it. Right, yeah. his his transitions are so smooth and well timed and perfect within the context of what was what was happening around them. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, between between the writing and the performance, it's amazing. Easily, my favorite scene with him it was the scene. I'm trying to keep it relatively spoiler free because this 
Um, it's still, it's still out there. Until, until November 12th. 12th when it hits Disney Plus. Yes, go ahead. But the uh, the scene between him and um, uh, Shang Chi's mother in in the oh. forest, their first meeting. Oh. Yes, that is oh, that such a such a beautiful scene. scene. Yeah, that thing was that was a that was a thing of beauty. Just watching yeah. that, the way it was I, shot, and 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 the way it paid homage to modern kung fu cinema. Because yeah, I got yeah, you got a yeah. very you got you got a, I very much got a uh, uh, crouching tiger, hidden dragon thing. Yeah, even without it, words, just their looks back and forth, it was telling the I entire mean, story right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, you have you have good performances when they can just look, right? And they don't yeah. have to talk, and they don't have to do anything like outright with their faces. You can just read it in their eyes, and like a little bit of anything in their face. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's that scene. My, my favorite scene with him is that scene where he takes the young Shang Chi to face those gangsters. Oh, after God, what yeah. happened happens and shang chi can actually see how brutal his father can really be yeah and it was it, it was it was a great scene because it just you could see that after years and years of years of trying to be good he he just immediately flips on a dime for revenge and right it well, it, it shows it shows how easily he could fall back to his base nature. Yes. So if, if it wasn't for like the the tempering of his wife, it's all of a sudden. Yeah, he turned the switch. There's there's nothing keeping me from being a, an asshole anymore. Yeah. Mean, what you've been spending? He spent like a thousand years as a you know bloodthirsty conqueror. That kind of thing doesn't you don't hide it overnight. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and you know children can't. The, his children couldn't stop him from it. Right. Yeah. I just the other thing And that too, says a lot about his character. The yeah. coolest thing about this character too is is the complete deviation from the comic book. Oh the yeah. The fact that the rings are more the martial arts arm weights than they were just ten finger rings, like in the comic book. And oh, yeah. that and also the lack of horrific Chinese stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Including buck teeth and lemon yellow skin. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was refreshing change to the character, but I love that they called back, you know, no spoilers, but I love that there's a callback yeah. to the, uh, the yes. other Mandarin. I love yes. that. Absolutely. I'm so happy Oranges. with that. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's the most spoiler I'm going to get. Yeah. So if you haven't gone out and seen this one yet, cause it's still in most theaters. Go yeah, I'm just seeing it. it's available. Go see it, and then November twelfth, it hits Disney Plus for free. I believe it's not on the yeah, premium on access. Premium. So, which yeah, is no, great. No, so. you have to. Yeah, you have to pay. Unlike unlike HBO Max, which gives it to you for a month for free when it first airs, and then they right. like take it away right. for a bit. No, yeah. you have to pay. I, I did pay for Scarlet Witch, uh, Scar uh, Black right. Widow. Black Widow. I yeah, I do the same thing. I do the same thing, Catherine. It's okay. Uh, but no, actually, I believe red, that Shang-Chi will not be. Shang-Chi will not be premium access because it was already released in theaters and did quite well, actually. I think it's the top-grossing movie of 2021. Uh, it's, I believe it's over $400 million at this point. That's amazing. So, it's, it's great. And everyone involved with that movie is just, they're all wonderful people. Yeah. So. All right. Let's move on to number 12. Uh, Kate Blanchett as Hella 
in Thor Ragnarok. Odin's treasures. Fake. Most of the stuff in here is fake. Weak. Smaller than I thought it would be. That's not bad. But this, the eternal flame. I gotta tell you guys, I, out of everyone on both the part one and part two list, I don't think I've ever been as turned on by a villain <laughs> as I have by Kate not, Blanchett with the black hair and like the goth eyes. And I'm just you, like, yes. You you are not alone, Andy. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> she, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying she can crush your hammer anytime? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, so. I just, I was, it's astounding to me because first of all, she's like five years older than me. And I'm like, just look at her. Like there was, this woman is in her fifties and she looks amazing. Yeah, in this she movie. really does. And she's great okay. in this movie too. There are, again, there's so much depth to the character in terms of her being, um, there are times when she can be funny. There are times when she can be conniving and there are times when she can just be pure evil. And this was one of these characters too that kind of put an end to the MCU's got a villain problem. Yeah. I mean, I mean what, what, I'm not even sure why she needed a, an undead army because let's face it, no one could have taken her. She's no, over, she, she is the goddess of death for a reason. Mm. Yep. And I like, it just it, it, she's, she's, she's amazing in this movie. Um, and the fact that she just she is an equal, if not better than Thor and Loki. Oh god, it, yeah. It builds yeah. the stake. It really adds the stakes of the film. And that the only thing that could really destroy her is the destruction of Asgard. Yeah, it's Ragnarok. Yes, is the actual Ragnarok. Um you want to talk about comic accurate too. Damn. When oh, she's yeah. got the head the headset. Oh the, the head headpiece. Yeah, the, the headpiece. Oh, and oh. It, it's it she it was perfect. She was perfectly cast. It's she her character was perfect for what she needed to do for this for this movie for the you know especially for Thor's progression as a, as a character. Yes. You yeah, know, especially find, especially finding out that wait a second, I have a sister, and yep. she's the goddess of death, and she's the keeper of the underworld. Oh, great! All right. <laughs> wow. So twenty three and me. Got a little dark. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Just people keep bit. discovering siblings they didn't know they had, and this right. one went a little long. But <laughs> interestingly, they're all related to Genghis Khan in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you get a... You, there was a while you got a free meal at some restaurant in the UK if you could prove you were related to Genghis Khan. Yeah, well, that's like... <laughs> there was a, there was the thing that... I, I think Pat and Oswald talked about it, it like... He did the 23andMe, and he saw, like, you know, like, a, a little smidge is Mongolian, and he called up the, the hotline to answer the questions. He's like, yeah, what's the deal with Mongolian? He's like, it's our number one question. Uh, yeah. Uh, Genghis Khan did so much fucking that there's an excellent chance that everybody, even a slight, like, nano percentage, is related to Genghis Khan. Yeah. 
Yeah, I heard the ratio is like one in seven. Um, one in seven humans in the world are can be directly related to um, Genghis Khan in some form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, I heard this on Radio Lab like fifteen, twenty years ago. Yeah, but yeah, that's just it's it's crazy. But yes, I I love this character, and because this is my favorite MCU movie, it's just so. It's just you know I love that we have two the, the 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 primary villain and the primary antagonist who are not the same person and the tertiary and a tertiary uh, antagonist. That's yeah exactly. I think that this is this is fantastic. Though, right though, I, though, I'll, I'll I'll be honest, yeah. my favorite interactions in this entire movie are in the beginning between Thor and Surtur. Oh God, <laughs> Thor! Oh, Thor, son of Odin, Surtur, Surtur, son of son of a. Bitch. Bitch. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. I gotta get around again. Hold on. Yep. <laughs> no, I'm not doing. Th- I'm not doing this intentionally. It's just happening. <laughs> I knock that tiara off your head. And <laughs> but uh, you know, but that, but that, that, that's that's a strength. That's a, the strength of Taika Waititi's writing. That's you know. Yes. Yeah, and the fact that I love that the the, the pictures of him with his iPad explaining a scene. To Cape Blanchett is just—it's become its own meme now, <laughs> which is what all all of us would want if we yes, had Cape exactly. Blanchett as our wife. You know, our our, our goth Cape Blanchett as our wife. Me yep. explaining to my wife why I need a Lego Millennium Falcon. Yeah, <laughs> explaining to my, explaining to my professional doctor wife why I need a. Uh... <laughs> all right, all right. So we got one more on this half of the list here. So let's. Uh, I am shocked by how low this one is. So I, I, I'm just gonna. Mm. I'm just gonna put out the Game of Thrones shame. Shame. <laughs> shame. I think, I think it's also possibly just because not a lot of people have watched it. Or, or, or more apropos, uh, uh, Andy, guilty. Yeah. Guilty. Guilty. So, uh, yeah, number 11, Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor in Superman the movie and Superman 2. How do you choose to congratulate the greatest criminal mind of our time? Huh? Huh? You tell me that I'm brilliant? Oh, no, no, no. no. That, that would be too obvious. I, I grant you. Charismatic. Fiendishly gifted. Uh... <laughs> Try twisted. <laughs> get away. Get away. Get away. Get away. Tell me something, Lark. Why do so many people have to die for the crime in the century? Why? You ask why? Why does the phone always ring when you're in the bathtub? Why is the most brilliantly diabolical leader of our time surrounding himself with total nincompoops? I'm back, Mr. Luthor. Yes, I was uh, just talking about you. You're followed again. It's one of those cat-like reflexes. God damn it, people! Really? Well, Number it, one, it's Superman four. I think. I think. Yeah. Maybe that's it, why it's so low on the list. <laughs> and this is well. And this is kind of contradic- a little contradictory to what my kind of overall point about this character in the movies. But when compared to modern villains, Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor comes off of as kind of hokey and corny. Yeah. You know, which 
it's not nothing against the movie. It, it's a product of its time and you know the contact it's in i mean superman in 1978 was still the big blue boy scout he's we're not this is long before snyderverse you know right yeah no, um, no it's, it's it's anyway make your point <laughs> but my overall point is the great thing about gene hackman's lex luthor is he changed the trajectory and or set the trajectory of what lex luthor would become as an overall villain for superman Rather than a pissed off, you know, a guy that Clark Kent grew up with in Smallville who was pissed off, who wanted revenge against Superman because he made him lose all his hair. Right. It's, I couldn't it's, believe when I learned that. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> Lex Tell me again about the superiority of DC Comics. Do tell <laughs> <it's>, me. <laughs> but Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor changed that and made Lex Luthor into this true kind of devious genius. You know, that basically in the DC comics ran for president and became president of the United States. Yep. You know, he set he set the template for you know, um for the Man of Steel reboot in eighty six that made Lex Luthor a corporate megalomaniac. Yep. You know, rather than just this kind of cheesy villain who's who's intent on world domination, it's like, no, he's actually got more basic, you know. Yeah. Yeah, concerns. I, yeah, and he 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 performs like you said. He 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 does a bit of hokey, but that's kind of where that movie, those movies were at the time. Right, but that's what people that's what minutes, people were expecting. But there's a couple times where you can see, like him, like really being like, you know, especially like in the first movie, not so much in the second movie, which we I've watched both of them within the last couple of years, and they are they they I think they hold up. Oh, they hold but up. There's a well. couple. There's a couple flashes where you can see like. Gene Hackman's ability for more, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. There, 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 there's like subtle hints of what of the evil that Lex Luthor is capable of, but he mm-hmm. keeps it. But he keeps it on restrained, which is what you see later on. You see a lot of that later on in the comic books. Yes, right. Because he has to and, put. He has to keep a public image. Yeah, and and you can see you can see Gene Hackman. He understands how awful. Luthor is, but he also understands he's doing basically a kids movie. Yeah. So he's given he's given a little bit so that the adults can appreciate, but he's not going so far that kids will be as scared. Well, the oh, other thing too point. is that he doesn't he there's never a point in this movie where he takes it over the top. No. I mean we go, we go back to like the like the Schumacher Batman movies. It's just like how are you going <laughs> to act? Um just say a line and laugh. A lot. Just do that. You'll be fine. And we're going um, to put nipples on your costumes and and do a folk, do snap zooms on butt cheeks. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Thanks, Schumacher. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. And I, I think that's why Gene Hackman's performance does so well is because he's he's playing it and doing having fun. But you can see that he, you know, and we've seen him in other roles in in other movies, and we know what he can do. Yeah. And he brings just a soupçon of that. A soupçon? A soupçon. A soupçon. <laughs> Very nice use of the word soupçon. Um, um, yeah, I mean, Gene Hackman is uh, Lex Luthor. I, I, I like him. I, I, I like Superman the movie, but my biggest issue is that, um, like, for the first like the first half of that movie, right up to until he gets to um, Metropolis, you have one tone for the movie. And as soon as it gets to Metropolis, and you start throwing in you know, Gene Hackman doing his Lex Luthor shtick, it, 
the whole movie has a tone shift that's very, very jarring for me. And Lex Luthor and um, uh, Warren, not Warren Beatty, Ned Beatty, Ned are, Beatty. They are a big portion of why it just throws me off so much. I don't think I've ever heard that uh, that take from you. I mean, I understand. I, I can understand, like I can understand that take. There's yeah, just such, a, such an extreme tone shift. Like you don't have like all those laughy, jokey moments in like the first half, two thirds of the movie. Right. Only when when you get to Metropolis, you start throwing in all these jokes, all these funny moments. Well, the only reason you don't have those jokey moments is because they wouldn't let Marlon Brando be dressed as a bagel. <laughs> bagel. He wanted to be a bagel because he's like, you don't know, aliens could look like bagels. Yep. No. <laughs> Just give me my $8 million and let me do whatever the hell I want. That, that's how this mm. works, right? Yeah. I <laughs> am... Um, the thing is, is that even Richard Donner has come out and admitted that he kind of... he he. The split in the movie and the split in the tone is primarily because he was that's what he was going for. He wanted to make two set essentially two movies in one. He wanted to give you those great like country vistas of Kansas and then move to the dark big city. And with that, things are more fast paced, things are more, uh, things are darker and snarkier. Yeah, and not people, 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 Well, you, also because he people, wanted. People think of New York as having a little bit more attitude than Kansas. Right. right. And, and part of it, too, is that that sudden tonal shift is when you're seeing Clark Kent being his, neb his, ne his most nebbish. Yeah. You mm. know, so you, you, it's trying to establish that Clark is, or what Superman is trying to establish, that Clark is, is like the complete opposite of what Cal El, you know, what Superman is. Is this nebbish kind of fish out of water it's like he, he he can barely get around the city so it's like that's played up for last but it just it just goes to establish okay this is what clark is trying to be in this city yeah, yeah. and and neither neither clark nor superman are like lex luthor right no. right so i i i think he's a fantastic villain i love I love I love the comic timing. I love the the banter between him and Otis. I think that that's all great, and <laughs> that's just, that's all I got to say about that. Um, and he got second uh, billing to Marlon Brando in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> at, at work, um, every now and then we ship to um, some guy in Otisburg. <laughs> like, Otisburg. Otisburg. <laughs> Perfect. It's great. It is fantastic. So awesome. Well, that concludes the first half of our list and part one of our episode. So this is going to count, by the way, as our Halloween episode because we're lazy and uh, <laughs> more terrifying than a bunch of villains. So when we return, we are going to wrap up our list. I do before we, we conclude, though, I do want to read some of the um, – some of these outliers that were sent to me that didn't make the list, but things that our, our good friend Tom from Movies After Work had brought up, and just any thoughts that you have about any of these. So the some of the picks that Tom made, because Tom's got an expansive taste in movies, mentioned characters like Dieter Reinhardt from Blade 2, a batshit movie with a villain you wait to get off the leash. Plus, uh, who doesn't love Ron Perlman? 
True. True. Well, we got Edgar the Bug from Men in Black. Brilliant physical, <laughs> physicality, unpredictability. Yeah, when I asked Tom, Tom took took this full bore. Clown from Spawn literally makes the whole movie watchable. Um, it's been a while I, since I've watched it. Yeah, it's been forever since I've watched it too. Uh, I, I mean, for me, I just kind of felt like he was doing a poor man's Jim Carrey, but that's just me. Um, he, no, Tom also mentions Gabriel from Constantine. Uh, maybe the scares uh, scares villain in a comic book movie. Uh, he also brings in the Titan from I Killed Giants. Heartbreakingly, not what you think it is. The Titan is very scary, and more importantly, represents something more real than you suggest from a comic book movie. And then Tom's number one pick was Fiona and Wyatt from Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, one means nothing without the other. A hilariously believable evil plan. R- darkly ruthless and just downright fun to watch. I also got one from um, our good friend, M. Let me pull yeah. up hers here. Hey, M. Because yeah. there's some, uh, so she has some interesting thoughts on this. So she brought up some, some characters that did not make the list. Mysterio from, um, Batman, uh, from Spider-Man Far From Home, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, Prince uh, Nauda from Hellboy 2. And hmm. Poison Ivy. And I had to confirm that this was, in fact, the Uma Thurman Poison <laughs> Ivy. And she says, yes, I just think she's the only actor in that movie who understands the assignment. <laughs> yeah, good to Yeah. So totally, totally great stuff there. So thank you guys very much for listening to part oh. one. Oh, yeah. real, quick, real quick, before we do yes. it, Joe, uh, Catherine's Joe. Uh, wanted me to mention, and I wasn't really, sh- really sure if this counted because it's anime. Um, even though he wasn't, the character is in a couple of manga, mm-hmm. and he wanted me to mention um, uh, the character Char Asnoble, which is the main antagonist through the the most of the entirety of the um, the Gundam series. Okay, um, he's basically those released theatrically. Yes, in Japan. Yeah. Okay. Oh, in yes. Japan. Okay, you know, um, at least at least one the movie he was in. You know, the one movie that it's actually called Char's Counterattack. He's the, he's the kind of main antagonist of that, and he's basically a, a genocidal kind of. Uh, he's he's such a complex character, but he's one of the most popular characters in all of Japan. But I can't. I can never understand why, because he's 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 a genocidal maniac. Oh, he just wants to destroy every living being on earth and force them to live in space. <laughs> you know, that's why I liked um, Gun and Wing so much because they actually gave not, Oh, it's not char, but it's uh, an equivalent. And they gave him, yeah, Zex, yeah, Zex Borkays. Yeah. They gave him actually a good motivation and understandable motivation. <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it's his, his backstory is way more complex than I, that I could get in just to <laughs> introduce. But Joe, I mentioned them, so there. Yeah, and 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 my Joe reached out to uh, this Joe because he knew that he would understand, and <laughs> yes. I couldn't ex- I couldn't explain it. So there you oh, go. I can't, well, I, can't, I couldn't explain it in the amount of time we have. I mean, this they 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 they, they write whole theses about this guy in Japan. So ah. yeah, but you guys have. <laughs> Yeah, the, the the two the two of you have seen it, and I and 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 probably it sounds like uh, Gulick as well as well, but n- not yeah. so much me. 
So, nor I. So I'm glad that it wasn't lost in translation because I would have totally fucked that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was uh, the back half of our top 20 list. We'll be back in a week to uh, continue with this uh, counting down 10 to 1 on the top villains list. But before we go, uh, don't forget that we are available wherever you get your podcast. So if you listen to us now, just go back. There's an archive. Uh, you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio and on Facebook at Geek Salad Podcast. Also, check out our YouTube channel, Geek Salad uh, Podcast, where you can get weekly retro movie reviews. Currently, through the month of October, Mike and I are reviewing the shitty Jaws sequels. Yeah. <laughs> and I just watched one of them yet, uh, right before we can't re- start recording. Oh, Jaws. which one? Jaws 3. D. D. It was. Uh, D. Yeah, okay. Well. Netflix tried half the memo on that. So, Andy, would you would you believe I actually paid movie theater money to go see that? Yes, yes, I I did. I did not, but I watched it at least a dozen times on HBO, which means I did not get the 3D experience. (laughs) Oh, I did. I went full 3D, baby. Oh yeah, but I, I, I got I got enough of the joke to understand when they did the uh, the horrible fish movie in Muppets Take Manhattan and. New Zealand through the boomerang fish into the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- this this movie is the first one I have any co- uh, cognitive memory of watching. Yes, and you you also had fear of it too. But you you'll need to check out our review of this to get the uh, the full details <laughs> yes. on that. So again, yes. it's mm-hmm. on YouTube, Geek Salad Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. So anyway, we will see you in a week with the back half of our, uh, the front half of our top 20 list. So until next time, I'm Andy. I'm Mike. I'm Joe. I'm Catherine. Go forth and be nerdful. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. When I was six years old, my father said to me, Get out.